All right. Well, let's get started. Um, we are discussing All We Ever Wanted Was Everything by Janelle Brown. And this is Novel Ideas. And we are going to have Joshua Hendrickson as our host tonight. So without further ado, I will turn it over to him. Hi, everybody. I just want to uh, thank everyone for coming tonight. And uh, I just want to uh, start the discussion off generally by asking uh, what, you, uh, what did everyone, uh, what did everyone uh, think of the book? And we'll just kind of uh, go around from uh, person to person as they uh, feel so inclined. So, Well, I'll start uh, beginning. It, it was okay. I thought Martha read it very well. Martha uh, Harmon Pardee did a beautiful job reading it. And um, I didn't like a lot of the characters. Probably, we were talking about that today. Probably Margaret was only like the most because she was stronger and she, she made mistakes. But she was pretty solid. Um, Paul hated him. There's no doubt about it. Beverly's an idiot. And uh, I think it, uh, I'm going to just say this by conclusion. It just kind of boiled down at the end when they had that videotape of those two, you know, getting together. And it was just two old people doing their thing. They didn't wow the world. And, uh, uh, but it was, uh, it was, um, it was okay. It moved along. It wasn't a hard read. It wasn't the greatest book I ever read. It wasn't the worst one. Hey, this is Alan. Uh, didn't, didn't really care that much for the book. I guess, uh, uh, I will say that it made me feel better about my own life, though, because, uh, just watching this family kind of implode was, was very, uh, uh, discouraging. I guess it kind of ended on an, an up, and more of an upbeat note, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I, I just don't have a lot of patience. And, and I know people are like this in real life, but I don't have a lot of patience where people are like sitting around, nobody will say anything to anybody, and they're all all second guessing what the others are thinking, and this and that and the other. And just uh, I don't know. I, I I got a little I got a little frustrated with all the family members and stuff, and and. <laughs> And how anybody on, it's amazing how somebody that gets hooked on crystal meth can like spin everything. And I guess that's what people do. They, they, they kind of rationalize their behavior by, by, uh, you know, thinking, you know, they spin everything to make it look like, yeah, they're really doing the right thing. But, uh, it was, I don't know, it was just very depressing, I thought. But, uh, at least it, it, the, the ending, it looked like there might, might have been some light at the end of the tunnel for them. This book got sensational reviews. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. This is Bonnie, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know me. And yet I have to say it reminded me of Jackie Collins's books. Um, maybe hers were even a tad bitter, and they weren't very good. Um, but I can honestly say that this is probably the first book I've ever read in my life in which I can say without a doubt and without reservation that by the time I was through with it, I had no more liking for the characters than I did in the beginning. For some reason, though, I was riveted and wanted to know how it was all going to turn out. I really did want to see how all of this craziness could be resolved. I would call the ending um, muted hopefulness. It was sort of low-key, and it was almost as if she said, well, you know, I've put out so much sadness, I've got to do something to make this 
worthwhile for people to read, but I thought it was your typical Hollywood thing. If you didn't know anything about celebrity life or Hollywood, you'd only come away from it all with this book, just hating it and shaking your head and saying, oh, if that's the way they live, I don't want any part of it. I thought they were all greedy, selfish, self-absorbed, um, just involved in themselves. They didn't trust each other. They didn't have any faith. They certainly didn't have, if they had love, they certainly didn't trust that anybody would really listen to them or care. It's hard to really like characters like that, except, like I said, I did stay with it because I really did want to know how it would end. There's another of her books on Bookshare, by the way. I would imagine somewhat along the same lines. But um, anyway, that's my thought on it. Like I, I did really want to finish it, and I'm glad I did. I'm really happy I read it. I don't know that I would read i know i wouldn't read it again i I do know that but it it was interesting um but it was predictable i thought i really enjoyed the book i find i found parts of it funny although uh the characters were rather shallow people and that never changed that just well actually i liked margaret the best because she did have a decent at least after a while a kind of a decent outlook on life and i I, well i don't want to jump ahead but uh, the meeting with Paul was really cool, I thought. So uh, I started pretty much liking her after that fact. But I found the book very riveting, as Bonnie said. And uh, it was a real page-turner. And uh, I'm glad I read it. Um, good good job there, Joshua, uh, on this selection. This is Marsha, by the way. I have to agree with Bonnie. I really didn't care for this book. And the only I wanted to see what happened at the end, though, so it did keep me going in that sense. But I didn't like any of the characters, and I just thought that I know this was supposed to be funny, and it was supposed to be, um, I guess it was meant to be a satire. I don't know, but I don't have that kind of sense of humor, so I didn't really see any humor in it at all, and... I just, I didn't care for it at all. Like I said, I I finished it because I wanted to see if anything good came of the ending. And I thought the ending was, well, I guess considering the rest of the book, the ending was somewhat hopeful. But I'm not even sure about that. So anyway, I'm glad I read it. I wouldn't have read it otherwise. So that's just, that's my two cents worth. Well, I would have never read it, but like everybody, like Randy and Bonnie and Marsha, um, I I had to see what happened. As long as I had invested some time in it, I wanted to see what happened. I did chuckle at some of it um, because it was so, I guess, over the top. Uh, It was just, some of it was just so ridiculous, like the... Um, the scene at the party at the club when, uh, oh gosh, um, the mom was there and, you know, she had been uh, drinking and everything else. And I mean, it was just, parts of it were, I I did laugh out loud. I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, but it was different. Well, when I first read the description of this book, I thought, oh boy, what am I in for here? Um, So, 
I kind of kicked my feet and thought, well, oh, man, it's getting time to read it. I better get going. So, anyway, I was pleasantly surprised because I really thought I wasn't going to like it. And um, though it wasn't my favorite book, and I probably won't read it again, um, I did find that, you know, I wanted to find out what happened. Um, So I was definitely riveted, and there's a discussion going on on a list uh, to which I subscribe about, you know, do you have to care about the characters or do you have to like them? And I don't think you nearly need to like them, but for me, I need to care about them somewhat. And I did care about them. I wanted to know what happened to them. So it kept me reading. And um, there were some funny parts in the book. Um, There were some things that made me laugh. And I, I remember sitting there laughing a few times. Um, there, it was it was a sad book though too, and it was it was just the whole family dynamic was really depressing, and just the whole ritziness I couldn't really relate to. But um, uh, I don't know. I I'm glad that I read it, and um, you know I, I would I would say that it was you know it was it was an okay book. Um, I. You know, I I enjoyed it. I mean, I I definitely wanted to know what happened. So, um, you know, if a book captivates my interest and I can stay with it, you know, I give it, you know, it it goes into the category of a book that I liked. So, um, yeah. Well, go ahead. It wasn't the type of thing which I would probably read again if I knew what it was about. But what you really saw with this book is a family where that was falling apart, that all the women were just in their own way. The girl, uh, Liz, turned into a slut and got pregnant, or was a slut and got pregnant, and uh, Margaret came back, and she was always planning for the, the boyfriend, which was who was no good, and um, the mother was totally out of control with the, you know, with That's these drugs and that. everything, and, and the, the husband didn't even have enough guts to serve her with, you know, talk to her about divorce herself, and of course she went after her best, uh, the wife's best friend, but uh, and then of course there was the uh, the guy uh, who lived on the property and uh, took care of the yard and got them all stoned and the information, they finally sent him out, but uh, I think the one thing that I, I'd be interested in knowing what was, you know, some of the things that some of you thought were funny because yeah. I didn't particularly find it funny, but maybe I could be enlightened, uh, but uh, the, uh, I thought the ending in some respects was about the best part of the book, I mean, where he was, uh, where they were, uh, he had the pictures, or she had, where Doug had the pictures, and was, they were gonna, thinking of going all over the place, and that was finally the one thing that made uh, him decide that maybe he should at least negotiate with the wife so can give her some of that money because he sure didn't want to do that and he wanted to go uh, shack it up with old Beverly and Beverly but it was uh, I don't know if I'd read another one of her books again or not now she might write the great American novel but I'd have to be convinced it was a I, I just didn't find it that good a book okay. hey, this is Joshua everybody and I um, I, I enjoyed the book I don't think I don't think I liked it. Um, I didn't like it as much the second time as much when I read the first. I mean, I read this book uh, several years ago, so I didn't. I didn't really remember what happened in it because it'd been such a long time. But I, uh, 
Um, I just thought all the all the drama with with Lizzie, you know, wondering what everyone thought about her, and you know, and uh, and uh, and Margaret with her huge huge credit card debt, and all the situations. It was definitely kind of uh, a little depressing. All the situations, and I'm glad it ended happily or on a more upbeat note a little bit. And uh, I agree. There were there were some funny parts in the book. I don't exactly remember what they were right now, but there were parts I I laughed out loud and thought it was uh, kind of funny. Um, the I um I was I kind of kept my interest too because I definitely did want to see what happened uh, when it uh, towards the end like a lot of people said I wanted to know what if if anything would be resolved with these everybody's situation and it seemed like everybody was trying to uh, you know get somewhat better and um, the main reason I read this book in the first place years ago is the I wanted to see when I mentioned that lady uh, they said. Um, Janice developed that uh, that crystal meth habit. I'm like, how do you accidentally develop a uh, crystal meth habit? You know, because she didn't. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it was, that's kind of why I first said really because. And it did. And Bonnie mentioned Jackie Collins. Um, I read that book. It's called Hollywood Wives. That there was some similarities a little bit between that book and this book, just because this book was so in the you know the you know the the, the ritzy neighborhoods and all the mansions and all the clubs and everyone's you know comparing. You know their their houses. Who's got the better, you know, so and so, and all the the schools and everything. It was, it was kind of uh, similarities there. But I'm I'm glad I read it. I don't think I would read this book again either because after all, it's like okay, I just kept hearing all this is happening bad, that's something bad. It's like okay, this is enough of this depressing, uh, you know, stuff. I mean, Margaret was drinking, you know, all the, all the time too, and Janice was totally she was totally out of with all those. With those drugs, she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I need you know, I need one one line of this, of, of it," as she called it, to uh, before the party and five minutes, you know, an hour later. No, I need I need two two lines to uh, to face Paul and she almost OD'd because she you know she passed out a combination of drinking and that that math. But anyway, uh, I'm glad that people uh, overall people at least wanted to finish it, which is pretty cool. And um, thanks a lot to everyone for your descriptions well I, I first of all valley of the dolls by jacqueline collins is much suzanne. better book that was a jacqueline suzanne i thought it was jackie collins that wrote no it? no okay jacqueline ruth ann says jacqueline suzanne i thought it was jacqueline collins no, valley of the dolls she did write the, okay anyway but I, I i'm willing to have an open mind show me where it was funny when janice collapses at a party taking meth the doctor certainly wasn't laughing he said i want to help you uh, it was good. It was contrived, as you guys have taught me in these clubs. She gets well from the meth in five days. You know, mother is coming because poor Lizzie is having a miscarriage in the pool or whatever. Yeah. And she's cured. And I said, oh, okay, that's good, though. I said, you know, mom's got to help. But she cured it. I mean, it looks like. And uh, James was just a sleaze ball. Oh, my God, he was awful. He was so pathetic. Somebody should have called the cops on the guy and got him out of there. He was awful. But anyway, if I'm willing to listen honestly, and I'm not being sarcastic, tell me where it was funny. Well, the one line that I thought was funny was when uh, Lizzie started going to that youth group at the church, and they made the comment that that uh, she noticed that they used exclamation uh, marks a lot when they were talking about uh, religion and stuff, which, which kind of struck me as kind of humorous. I, ha- I had to agree with her there. But uh, I'm a, I'm like you, Bob. Most of the book was just downright depressing. I thought, and <laughs> but like everybody else, I had to finish it too because I thought 
man, surely there's got to be something good at the end of all this because it's so, it's so bad and so discouraging all the way through it. But uh, uh, that was one of the funny lines that I thought. But uh, uh, that was about it. Well, yeah, the whole thing with the Bliss Bible, that, that was kind of funny. Um, but I guess maybe to me what was funny, I mean, not the situation, okay, but I had it on fast speed, right? So when when uh, when when Janice would get really manic, I mean, you know, Martha Harmon party was just so good, and all of a sudden it would go, you know, she'd be like talking a mile a minute, and you could almost see it. I mean... <laughs> That was funny to me. Um, I mean, not the circumstances, okay, not the situation, but <laughs> just the fact that, you know, when I had it sped up so fast and that she was talking so fast, I mean, it almost made it real. Um, so that part to me was funny. And there were some oh, no moments that, you know, in a comedy movie, you you probably might have been laughing sort of, you know, like when, when she when she went to the club and you know you knew what was going to happen and she was going to make a fool out of herself um i mean that wasn't funny but it was like oh no you know <laughs> so i don't know i guess it was maybe moments like that not where i was like dying laughing or anything like that but you know just just funny parts yeah i i thought a lot of the religious stuff was funny you know with the youth group and the pastor getting up there and the you know, everybody sitting on this industrial uh, carpeting and and the pink and blue Bibles with, uh, you know, the kind of like the church of what, what's happening now kind of language in it. And, um, and of course, the, the club scene was, was like, uh, you know, the, the old comedies, uh, the slapstick, where she uh, uh, kind of one foot on the banana peel kind of thing. You knew something was going to happen. And, of course, it did. It wasn't funny, but it was... That part wasn't funny, but, um, and I thought uh, Margaret's friends there before she split uh, L.A. and came back up to uh, to their town there, I thought her friends were a riot. I mean, just, just because they were so into themselves. So I got a kick out of them. And you're right, James was an absolute sleazeball, no doubt about that. Um, and uh, I, I agree, there, there were... Um just I, I definitely could see what um, for me as they, uh, I think what time uh, Margaret somebody was looking up the the or the uh, side effects of uh, crystal meth and it talked about you know paranoia, insomnia you know she was getting totally uh, manic and you know all you know cleaning spending hours just cleaning a house from top to bottom because she had to do something and Martha she did a perfect job because when she go when she'd get you know, hi. She, you know, she started talking really, really fast, and she she did a really good job of that. And I, I definitely could see the book that that was happening, but she didn't want to admit that she was uh, having a problem. And I, I said, I um, because I can't remember exactly parts exactly, but there were definitely parts that made me chuckle out loud. I think I think the other had to put some a little at least try to put a little bit of comic relief into into the book, uh, you know, somewhere because if you did, it'd be one big depressing, you know. Whoa, whoa! It was me, kind of novel. Everybody self-absorbed and everything else. But everyone, uh, um, I would like—I would like to shift over, if everyone doesn't mind. I—I uh, um, I was able to uh, find a few, um, a few, dis- uh, a few discussion questions for this book, and um, and Bonnie uh, said she could read. Would we do one reading those? 
for us. And uh, Bonnie can uh, do a new, uh, any of those questions she likes, throw any of them out. You know, it's I'm going to leave it up to her as far as the questions go. But I did find some discussion questions, so I think we're going to uh, shift into those if no one has any objection. Okay, Josh, thank you. First of all, before I ask a question, uh, I would like to say that I think the saddest thing about this book and the reason that I found it hard to find humor in it, although I do understand what all of you said about the religious aspect of it, they made it sound almost like it was a Beatles concert, the way they got them excited about Jesus and the way they stirred those kids up. It was That was a little bit funny. But overall, uh, even apart from that, that was about the... There were humorous statements and phrases, but other than that, I didn't find much humor in it. But I think the thing that she was probably saying in this book that probably touched me the most was how much we do to not reveal ourselves, how much we fear we won't be loved if we do reveal our true selves, and how much we hide ourselves and hide our need to be loved. Um, And I think that that might be an interesting thing to talk about. But anyway, the first question is, how are the notions of failure, success, and personal fulfillment examined in the book, and are they complicated by the expectations of family, culture, and society? And I will unlock the key, and if you don't want this question, we'll go on to another. Well, you know, I'll take a stab at this. I mean, that's what the whole book is about, basically, because they're all, uh, you know, struggling with trying to get somewhere, and and none of them want to acknowledge when they failed and they 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 just constantly want to hide uh the you know their shortcomings and 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 not talk about it which i mean i and i realize that, that must be human nature for people i i'm not like that though i i i'll i'll talk about my shortcomings and stuff because i figure most people probably are, are, are aware of it long before i am anyway so uh, uh i just think it's 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 self-defeating to to, to bury your head in the sand and try to hide stuff like that. But, yeah, that's my opinion. But, uh, and that was one thing that, that just got a little tiresome about the book because they were, neither one of the kids seemed like they really knew how to handle life right. You know, Lizzie, you know, in an, in an attempt to be liked, you know, started, uh, you know, letting everybody have their way with her, which was totally wrong. And uh, uh, Margaret was in hock up a hundred thousand dollars in debt and uh, wouldn't answer her phone. So, uh, uh, and and of course, nobody would talk about any of this to to the mother. They just uh, they just drew the battlegrounds. All we ever wanted was everything, and all we got was nothing. The book ends with the family, this destroyed family. Three women sitting, watching TV, watching a tape of their father shacking up with Beverly. And money doesn't mean anything. You know, it it was kind of an afterthought. Well, I guess Janice is going to get half. But, you know, she's got a long way to go to find happiness, and so do the girls. It won't won't be the answer. They've suffered greatly. And uh, it was the destruction of a family that, boy, if you have money, you've got everything. No, not quite. Well, it's like all of their successes and all of their failures were based on, you know, external things. Um, and that's basically what, you know, they they strive to achieve. And 
I don't know. They they just hid so much from each other. I guess what almost seemed comical and unbelievable, maybe not even funny, but as how shallow they were. I mean, even Margaret, who was supposed to be this deep feminist, you know. I mean, she was just so shallow, you know. I mean, <laughs> that that's one of the things that just dripped me out is. How shallow they all were. I mean, even Lizzie. I mean, she was such a dork. You know, <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, half the time she didn't even know what was going on around her. And I guess, I guess that's just. I don't know. I'm, I'm diverting from the question, but I, I just think with them, you know, the successes and failures were. They tried to make themselves look successful, and really, they were kind of failing. And I don't know. I, I guess I'm not sure what to make out of them, except for to say they were a dysfunctional family with a capital D. Yeah, and you bring that up about Margaret. I just got to make this one comment. Anybody that proclaims to be a feminist and be educated, they will come up with a name like Snatch for their magazine. I, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with with language and, and words and stuff, and I'm, I'm certainly no prude. But, I mean, really? I mean, give me a break. I, I can't believe uh, uh, she would pick a name like that. And I just, I mean, uh, and I don't care what she says about it, some kind of double meaning and stuff. That's just, I think that was just idiotic. And it was, it had a double meaning. It had the obvious sexual meaning. And it was also, it was just a, another way to say how grabby and selfish everybody was. Um, and I think maybe in a way it was pathetic, but maybe one of the funniest things in this novel was the fact that that marriage stayed together as long as it did for two people who never communicated. <laughs> that, that was interesting to me. Let me know when you want me to go on to another question, Josh. Oh, there we go. Now I got. Oh, no, I got the key. Sorry. Um, I'll comment. Uh, I just want to agree with what everyone said so far. I mean, you're right. They were all trying. You know. Oh yeah. If I if I get the next. Uh, you know. If I if I if I make the next the next big thing as far as money goes. If I make you know more money than this other person over here, I'm I'm successful. If I got my company going or you know I'm publishing a book or whatever. The, all their situations they were doing. You know they were trying to outdo each other, and they thought you know that. Having more money would make them happy, and it really didn't because they were just they were they were very miserable people. I mean, being so self-absorbed, thinking only yourself, it really you know that really doesn't do anything for you except just you know make you you know uh, just uh, just totally uh, totally alone and uh, you know never happy with yourself because you're so focused you know on you and you can't look around you to see you know what's going on and that you would you know really need to uh talk to talk to other people and you know have i mean the the whole concept of family to me is having people around your family members they you know they they support you they're they're with you they stand by you to try to help you through your situations but you have to talk to talk to your other family members about your your uh problems and maybe they can help you out if you're so you know oh i have to deal with this myself i have to you know then you can't uh you know you can't get help from any from anybody but um, I do agree um, with what Bob said that uh, you know they're they're thinking they were really succeeding, but they were actually failing. And in, in the end, I do agree with that. But uh, Bonnie, if you could go on with the uh, 
next question, please, unless there's unless uh, there's anyone else that wants to uh, respond to this question that has not yet done so. Well, there was one thing that I really liked to see, um, and that was when Margaret wanted nothing to do with that check that her father was going to write was wrote out for her. Uh, that could have cleared up her debt, not that it would have maybe resolved anything, um, but he did it because he wanted her to testify or be, you know, against the mother. He, you know, and I, that was one part that I thought she finally showed some uh, guts and she would not accept the money. That was beautiful. And later, remember, the mother wanted to pay Margaret's debt and she turned it down. So maybe if we find a bright, you know, light here, it's the maturity of Margaret. Maybe all of them eventually. I don't see Janice maturing too much, but and Lizzie may make it, but Margaret did. She says no to her father, and no thanks, Mom. I've got to work this out. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Margaret was the most mature of the bunch. And, of course, Lizzie, being only 14, you know, you can't expect her to have the maturity of a 28-year-old. And, of course, I, I, like you said, Bob, there's I don't think there's any hope for Janice. I really don't. Um, and it was good the way Margaret... Um, took charge when Lizzie confessed uh, her pregnancy to her and she got her all the, the information and uh, the brochures and that kind of thing and was, was trying to take charge and and uh, and then of course Lizzie said uh, no I'm, I'm keeping the baby and uh, of course that, was, that turned out to be a moot point but uh, I, I really uh, I think I have the most respect for Margaret of, of anybody in the book and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, Bonnie, can you uh, please go to the next question, please? Did you get the key? Okay. All right, I couldn't get the key to lock. Um, one of the things that happens in this novel, and Josh, I picked this question because I thought it was a good one. I have to find it here. Give me a second. Um, is happens when Lizzie is in the hospital, and. It's this one. After an unsuccessful and desperate attempt to score it, Janice races to the hospital to meet Margaret and Lizzie, who has just been released from the emergency room. The text reads, For the first time in longer than she can recall, Janice feels happy. In many ways, this is such a low moment. Explain what the author means. Why do you think that she does feel happy in that moment? I think the answer is probably obvious, but if you'd like to comment... I think it's a good question. This is Joshua. I'll I'll start this question off if it's okay with everyone. Um, I uh, I th- it was to me it is obvious because you know when she was go- when she was going to uh, to Lizzie she kind of she kind of said okay I'm done with it I'm not going to I'm doing my best to not let it control my life because she was like I have to get some more of this I can't I can't deal with this I'm leaving and then you know when she got that you know that text message from uh, you know Margaret. Um, she, you know, she went to be with her daughter, and she's like choosing her daughter over the uh, over over the drugs, even though even though the miscarriage, you know, is not you know a, a good thing for any for anyone to uh, to go through. That's that's what I've got to say with that question. Well, she was glad to be needed. I mean, you know, for so long they were all running from each other, 
and now finally, you know, they were coming together and, you know, establishing some sort of a community and, you know, needing each other. And I think that's that's why she was happy. Yeah, she could be a mother again. And, it's, you know, this is a sad moment, but her daughter needs her, the both of them do, and she, she came to the rescue. That, and I think also the fact that she finally, finally resolved that she was going to quit it. And, um, you know, I, I know she knew it was going to be hard, you know, uh, but her kids needed her, and she realized that she couldn't do it anymore. So I think that was another reason why she was, uh, you know, could say she was happy. Well, some of you have felt that Janice was never going to change. I would like to think that she would, but then I like happily ever after after things. But, um, you know, I would hope that she would maybe get her act together and try to put all the bad things that happened with her husband and her best friend. Uh, in the past, and I'd, I'd like to hope that maybe she could move on and, and become a better person. Yeah, we, we hope, would hope so. You know, the, the, I think, you know, if you continued writing it, or she'd move to another town. You can't live in that town with everybody gossiping about each other, and she sees Beverly and Paul every every weekend at golf tournaments. Yeah, let's, let's hope so. And that the three of them, I think, have bonded better if you want to be optimistic here. And um, I don't know. Let, 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 you know if, if it went on, you'd probably hope for the best for her. Well, hey, she won the Monopoly game when she was playing with them at the end, so she must have some skills. But uh, uh, I just felt, when she did that line on the kitchen counter of that crystal meth, uh, you know, that was, just, that was just pathetic. I mean, really. She was... And, and I'm not really, I mean, I don't know anything about crystal meth addiction and stuff, but I think she was a lot further gone than being able to bounce back after a week. But, hey, uh, I, I'm no doctor. Yeah, that's contrived. It's, I don't believe that. But the, the, another sad moment was when she chased those uh, black kids in the schoolyard, the campus, and desperate for some, you know, and they ran from her because she was a crazy lady in her nightgown, wasn't it? I don't know whether this was a positive comment on California or not. You know, we can talk a lot, too, about the locations. One of the questions here was, uh, what do Santa Rita, Los Angeles, and the Silicon Valley in California in general play? So we can talk about that a bit. Um, But I wanted to take the last question because I thought it was a good one, too, uh, which I'll mention here before we go back to comments, if that's okay. All we ever wanted was everything is a satire. They do say it is. Um, what or who is the object of the author's critique? Some early readers likened the novel to the film American Beauty. Do you see a similarity between the two works? What is Janelle Brown's message to her readers? I think it's all about how unimportant keeping up appearances and money and trying to outshine everybody really is and that's basically what they tried to do in this book even the way um, Janice felt about 
her friends was, oh, well, I'm going to have millions compared to so-and-so, and I'm going to have, we can have everything now. We can have a bigger house, better cars. I, it was just, I think that was the whole theme of it. You know, it almost seemed too sad to be a satire in a way, but yeah, it, it was a satire. Um, I think it was a satire on wealthy people, maybe wealthy people <laughs> that live in California, um, or that area in California. Um, I mean, I doubt that, well, I hope there aren't many people that live in California that are that way, but um, <laughs> I, I think I think it's a satire on, you know, wealthy people, you know, people that, that want everything, um, I guess. That's what it seemed like it was to me, and how shallow they really are. All she does is go to the clubs and play tennis, and you never, and, and make apple pies when she burns them up, and things like that, and then, you know, she doesn't do any normal work like most of the world does, and it just, uh, but to me, it yeah. it was a it was a modern main street with drugs. Yeah, and like you said, all we ever all you like we like you said, Bob. Every ever all we ever wanted was everything. All we got was nothing, and that was that was it. It was a satire on wealthy people and drugs and people addicted to them and the whole nine yards. People who just waste time. The interesting thing about this book, I'm reading another right now, which is not at all like this book, totally different, and one of the concepts in the book I'm reading is that this one character is told to never forget that she's a person of great value and a person of great worth. And it's interesting to me that if your life is built around things and you want everything, then everything has no value. If everything has no value, you don't know who you are, and you don't have any value either, because you've constantly got to move on to the next thing. It's sort of like the talk shows that that got really dramatic. You had to have affairs and murders, and eventually there was a time when Phil Donahue was, was thinking about uh, filming an execution, I think, or, or something along those lines. And it, it never ends, because you've got to go higher and higher and higher. And eventually there isn't anywhere to go. And there's no value in you or in what you do anymore because you never stop to really look at what you're doing to be able to find any value. Well, it's almost like because they wanted everything and got everything, you know, they didn't know what to do with it because in a way they did have everything well, as far as, like, good educations, I mean, they were very intelligent. Well, Lizzie was kind of a dork, but, I mean, the rest of the rest of them, I mean, you know, I mean, Margaret, she, what she have, like, a master's? And I think Janet, Janice, I think she, well, maybe she didn't have her master's yet, but, I mean, she was fluent in French, and, I mean, you know, best education that money could buy. I mean, you know, it's not like, they couldn't have done something with their lives, but it's almost like that since they had everything, you know, they didn't know what to do with it, and so they ended up doing nothing because um, they kind of made their own beds. I mean, all of them could have had much better lives. 
you know, even even in spite of what happened, you know, with the with the father leaving and all that stuff. I mean, Janice could have come out okay. Um, you know, she could have had more of a life even before that. It's kind of like oh. Peggy Lee's oh, song. Uh, is that all there is? You know, that they keep, you know, going higher and higher. Is that all there is to... And then at the what? end of the song, she kills herself and says, is that all there is? And, and I think she did, didn't she? Wasn't she well, going to no, kill herself? She, she wasn't going to get that last... Uh, all right, whatever. Thing. Anyway, she went to a circus. She went all over. She wanted everything and got it. And she says, is that all there is? And that maybe yeah, Janelle yeah, Brown, you guys are young to know about Peggy Lee. But uh, it was quite a song. No, we're not. I know about Peggy Lee. I hope that doesn't mean I'm old. <laughs> um, that song is really creepy, I think. And it's, it's eerie. Um, but true, I think, in many ways. Because I think they say that life starts out with the feeling of promise and eventually becomes life in which you feel you have to make compromises. And that, I think, is a really, really good point. I read that in uh, Dear Abby or, or one of those columns the other day. Um, what do you think this novel says, I'll put it in my own words, about feminism? Um, are these women independent? Are they codependent? Are they still looking for a man to be the answer to everything? Are they really successful at doing it on their own? Or is there, is there something missing here that has to do with them uh, being sort of new women who are trying to make it on their own and just don't quite know how? What do you think about all that? Boy, that's a that's a rough one. I I don't uh, I don't I don't think the the feminist thing was really done all that well. Um, Lizzie was reading that that uh, uh, brochure when she became pregnant about, or was that was uh, yeah that was that W O M Y N thing. I didn't. I really didn't get what they were. What Janelle Brown was trying to say about feminism, to tell you the truth. And as far as uh, the Peggy Lee song, is that all there is? I think that's the, the best song Peggy Lee did. I love that song. Um, yeah. I, I let's see. I lost it. <laughs> um, actually, um, no. I think I, I agree with you. Feminism was handled uh, very poorly. And I'll shut up because I can't remember what else I was going to say. Thank you. And it is Jacqueline Suzanne who wrote Ballet of the Dolls. Sorry. Well, maybe it was a satire on feminism because none of those women were really feminists. I mean, you know, Margaret, I mean, she kind of let it all go for a guy. And, you know, and so did, well, Janet's never claimed to be a feminist. But uh, um, none of them were feminists. I, I think it was a satire on it. It had to be. Um yeah, it had to be, I would think. I don't know. <laughs> Let me just uh, say, do we know, did they succeed? We don't know. Do we? Do we really, we can't just stand back. Margaret's growing up, and I, I'm with Barb. I like to think that Margaret took over and became a magazine, whatever. I hope she doesn't bring Snatch back, but that she did something. But we don't know that. They're evolving still. I think the only one that I really have any hope for is Lizzie, strangely enough, and that's because she's young and could say, you know, this is a screwed up life we've all lived and I want something better and I'm young enough to change it. I'm not so melded into it that I can't change it. So I think she might 
As far as the feminism is concerned, I think what Janelle Brown might be trying to say is that we find ways to prop ourselves up. We find ways to make ourselves look better. And maybe what she was saying about feminism is that in the past, people did it with men. A woman felt she had to have a man. Even her mother told her she had to have a man. She had to marry and have a man take care of her. And now we have really progressed. Now we've gotten to the point where we can have drugs and alcohol and we can go off and gamble and we can have men too. And that is not, that is not a better way to look at it. It's, it's certainly not an improvement. But I think what she was saying was that if you're not careful, you can get caught up in a lot of different things, least of all men, although men complicate it many times. But there are many things out there that can ensnare you just as much or more. Well, yeah, uh, and uh, uh, maybe she's taking a little bit of a jab at feminism, too, like y'all were saying, a, a little bit of the satire of it, because, I mean, Margaret is obviously the, the big feminist character in the book, and if that's what feminism does for you, she still failed spectacularly. I mean, which, I mean, granted, she did it all by herself, but at the end of the day, she still failed spectacularly. So, uh, uh I, I, I don't know what she's trying to, to say about that, but uh, 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 and, and I, maybe it's good that that she didn't need a man to help her fail, but uh, uh, she uh, she still botched things up royally, and uh, uh, maybe that's the point she's trying to make. A question that goes along with this, uh, and actually I think this is a perfect time to put it in here, we haven't really talked much about the husband, but there's a question here in relation to him, and I think this is a perfect time to put it in here. After he requests a divorce, Paul tells Janice, you don't need me. You've never needed anyone in your life. Do you find truth in Paul's statement? Does Janice come across as completely self-reliant or hopelessly dependent? Or is Paul projecting his own feelings onto her, trying to justify leaving the marriage? Any thoughts about Paul, either in relation to that or anything else about him? Other, I mean, he was, he was a, as they would say, a douchebag. He really was. He was despicable in, in what he did. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I don't ordinarily use language like that, but he really was a, a terrible person. Um, I don't think they were, were ever really happy together. But anyway, any of your thoughts? Well, Paul was a jerk, and it's like him to justify what he does, absolutely. But Janice was like a Stedford wife. She took care of his laundry. She was there for him as hostess. She did what she grew up to. She was a poor girl, but learned this is the way a woman with wealth or, you know, some prestige, not wealth yet, but prestige acts. And I'm going to be the perfect wife if I can. And he says, you didn't need me. Well, uh, I mean, uh, you didn't need anybody. Now, I, th I think that's justifying his actions with Beverly and, and all the other women. God knows how many were around. Yeah, I mean, Paul. Paul was obviously a major turd, no question about it. But uh, uh, I, I do see the point he was making. I, I never really got the feeling that Janice was all that. Uh, I mean, she was obviously inconvenienced by the whole, you know, his leaving and everything. But I never really got the feeling that she really cared that much about him, because uh, I, I don't think they drew the character that way. Uh, uh, you know, you know, she was wondering how it was going to inconvenience her and what she was going to do, you know, how it was going to affect her socially and things like that. But uh, she, 
I never really got the sense that she cared that much about him. All she really cared about was his money. What was she going to do when he did leave? And she never worked a day in her life, so she was suddenly going to lose her income. And at the end, she um, she knew she was going to get it. So that was, to me, that seemed like that was all she cared about. I think Paul felt trapped from the very beginning because, remember, Janice was pregnant and she'd forgotten to take her pill, you know, her uh, birth control pills. And um, I don't know whether that was a subconscious decision on her part or whatever, but whatever, you know, the results were that uh, she got pregnant with Margaret and... I don't think that they would have gotten married if it hadn't been for the fact that she was pregnant. So I think maybe um, that they were both trapped. And yes, I do think that uh, all Janice really cared about was the money. Absolutely. But Paul was definitely a jerk. Well, he didn't even have the good grace to tell her this himself. I mean, he just sent her an email or a letter or something announcing his divorce from her and who does he pick to uh, run around with but her best her best tennis buddy or her best friend so obviously you know that's so, and you know that money was the thing she wanted more than like social prestige in this little town where all they did is go to the club and things and I don't know that they really uh, had that the, I don't know that money was the thing because when he said what he was going to give her and what he was, how he was going to support the kids, you know, she didn't even challenge that. She she could have very well, when she had he had this big windfall of money, uh, said, I think you better at least give me some of this or I'm going to give you a bad time about it. And she didn't. It was Margaret that wound up getting some of that money for her and things. So I, I'm not sure that money was what she wanted. I think it was more like the social prestige. Yeah, I agree with social prestige, and it it wasn't money. Margaret's the one who got the divorce lawyer. Margaret helped her with her case, and such. And Janice was in La La Land. She she as long as she get the meth, you know, and so forth. Uh, but if I had to choose between them, they both have flaws. I would stick with Janice because she at least tried to hold the family together with the girls. So maybe I'm being optimistic here too. But Paul, you're not going to convince me to side with that that guy. Well, remember, she signed that agreement saying that if he made any money with that drug, that she, would, that she wasn't eligible for any of that, so they had to fight for that. But I'm wondering, I believe that the kind of background you had follows you. If you're poor, I think there's a part of you that fears, no matter how rich you might become, going back to being poor. I really do believe that. Um, I used to say that Dolly Parton was probably, she used to bring out that one song she did every few years um, and had a hit with it several times. I forget what it is now. And I used to jokingly say that part of the reason I thought she did that was because she feared being broke. And I know that I'm being silly. But I think there is an element of truth in, in that. I think that a person can put a good face on the world. They can look like, I mean, Janice was as happy to spend the money he was willing to work, go out and make they were happy to spend it together, but I think that background she had of poverty, no matter how accomplished she looked, 
Um, I don't know whether she felt like she she felt like she deserved it in a way, but I think it was more the idea of how she was raised. You were supposed to take care of a man, and their deal was you take care of me, you make money for me, I'll take care of the house for you, and I'll go do my stuff whenever I can and play tennis and be with the girls and go to the clubs and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that maybe underneath all that, she was afraid of being poor again, but she just didn't really face it because you don't really think about it. I mean, when you're in a whole different lifestyle, I think a woman, when she isn't making the money always, whether she admits it or not, I think she knows that she's the, she has to uh, please a man because she's the one who is, you know, he's the one who's making the money. And it's fine as long as you're happily married or supposedly happily married, but if you're not, that's when you find out where the money really goes and what he really wants and what you're really going to get. All right, um, we're going to have to start, unfortunately, wrapping this up because we got to figure out what book we're going to read next month, and I have an idea. Um, so if anybody else has an idea, you know, if you could just bring it up now, that'd be great. Okay, I don't have an idea, but I want to throw a book in when you're ready, and uh, I don't have a good reason for putting it in, but uh, anyway, I'll shut up until you get to the books. Oh, no, no, go for it. You can say what book you want to read. That's what I was asking. Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, Virgin River, I think it's DB76059. I'll say that Jill Fox is reading it. She's good. 12-hour book. And I'm really putting it in because my friend Ann Parsons recommends it, and she hates romances. And she said the book was riveting. I have not read it, and I will not stake my life on it. It could be a very disappointing book. But I have great faith in Anne's readership. She's a great reader. I read the um, I read one of Robin Carr's series before. It was a shorter one. I've been wanting to read Virgin River, but I haven't read it yet. I downloaded it, and her the series I read. I forget what it was called. Grace Valley or Deep in the Valley or something, but it was very good. So. Virgin River should be a great read. Okay. Um, the book I was thinking about is called Suspect by Robert Crace. If I may just say a couple words about that, Jenny. Um, Suspect, I heard Robert Crace uh, interviewed by Jordan, and I, when I heard him interviewed, he's a very good person to interview, too. Um I really, I haven't read that book yet, but I knew when I, I, it wasn't available when I heard that interview, but I said, oh, that, that's a great idea. And um, I, I think that would, I think either of those books would be good, but I think, I think there might even be more substance in Suspect. But um, the Grace Valley trilogy is what you're thinking of, I think, um, Carla. I mean, Randy, sorry. Yeah, the Robert Crace book does sound good. In fact, I just downloaded that last week. The other one sounds good, too, though. Um, but, yeah, I've got that one on my SD card now, as a matter of fact. So I was planning on reading it. It's a really good book. Um, what it's about is it's about this um, this cop, and he has a traumatic experience. Um, and then he goes into... Uh, he goes in to work with this dog and this dog has also had a traumatic experience and so they bond and they also help solve a crime um it's a really good book it's suspenseful but there's also character depth and then there's also the bond between the guy and his dog it's a really good book 
This is uh, Joshua. I would personally, for me, I, w- I would go with uh, Suspect by Robert Crace. I saw that book on the uh, on the uh, newly added books. I didn't download it, but that book sounded really good. I, uh, um, I've heard of that book before somewhere, and it sounded uh, really good. I, I've always been interested when you hear about you know the cop dogs and the the dogs working with the cops. I've always I've always thought that was pretty neat how those dogs could get trained. You know, for, you know the ones that the dogs you know that sniff out bombs or the drugs or whatever. I always thought that was pretty. Uh, Neat. So I, I would I would go with uh, Suspect by Robert Crace because that sounds really interesting to me. Question: First of all, how long is the book uh, Suspect, and how long is the Virgin River? I, I think you said twelve hours. Uh, twelve hours. But why can't we read one one month and read the other one the next? Because they both sound like good books. And I want to only say I always yield to the chair, the chairman. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing is, if if we're going to go into mystery. Then I want a Jack Reacher book later on too. I'll really fight for one of those. Okay. But then, then, then it would be a a, a ballot, maybe twenty five ballots, because I would I would try to say I didn't know we were crossing over in the, in a mystery, but I have no problem. And suspect sounds like a great book. Another one that I was thinking of, and we can we don't have to do it this time, of course. But I read. I have always enjoyed books by Fern Michaels, and she's written. In so many different genres, and she's got a few series out there too. But I read one earlier this month called Yesterday, and that was a really good one too. So there's a third one, but yeah, I don't have a problem with crossing over either. Suspect sounds good. I saw that one and downloaded it, but I haven't read it yet. Well, uh, Suspect is seven hours and 49 minutes. What's kind of interesting is y'all said that uh, Jill Fox reads uh, Virgin River, and Suspect is read by somebody named Todd Fox, and I'm wondering, is he part of the the Fox reading family as well, or is that just coincidental? Yeah, I think he is. Um, Well, I don't mind reading a Robin Carr book, but I'd personally rather not read a series but that's just my own opinion um but we have also read greg isles and 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 for this group and that's suspense so and this is suspense too so um you know it's up to you guys so i just wanted to say that todd fox is jack fox's nephew oh that's interesting um yeah i thought the 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 motive the uh name change for novel ideas was to read all kinds of genres other than just romance. So uh, I, suspense is fine with me. That's that's more or less my preference anyway. But uh, yeah, we could do one book and one uh, the next. Yeah, and we've read books like Defending Jacob and Don't Go, so it's really it doesn't matter. Virgin River is actually the first book in the series, Jenny, so if we read that one down the road next month or a couple months from now, whatever, it's not, it's the very first book in the series. I don't know, I think there's, what, 25 books in that series? That might be a slight exaggeration, but that would be the first one. Thank you, Bonnie, for letting me know about uh, Todd being Jack's nephew. And I, I, I vote for, uh, for reading Suspect, because I think that sounds... Uh more like my cup of tea. Although Virgin River sounds okay too, but I have to admit the uh, seven hours and 49 minutes length of suspect I find uh, uh, very appealing. Yeah, I vote for, I want to hear what Todd Fox sounds like and I vote for 
seven hours and 49 minutes. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, Jenny um, or Randy, if you want to contact me sometime later this year, hopefully when I'm settled, I hope I will be at some point. I am working on something. Um, I do have a couple of books in mind, two books that I just cannot get out of my head or my heart that I would consider doing either one of them would make me very happy. In fact, I'd have a, an incredibly difficult time choosing their books that live with me. I have not forgotten them. They are with me in my mind probably every day at, in some form or other, and I read them months ago. So uh, if you're interested in having me do a, a month sometime, get in touch with me um, later if you'd like. Sounds good, Bonnie. Um, yeah, I'm suspect sounds really good. Seven hours and 49 minutes, that's a great length. So... We can do that one if that's what everybody wants. Yeah, let's do it. And normally we go before the group. This one, Novel Ideas, does. But obviously we assume the chair has really investigated a book, and it sounds great. So uh, I'm for it. Why don't we read the other one next month? Well, maybe. You know, let's see where we are next month. Where we are. I'm not live or die on it. I want to read it before I I get to live or die on the book. But I'm I'm raring to read uh, Suspect. I intend to read Virgin River also. Jenny, can you write the Newswire since you read the book? Oh, well, okay. The, uh, the, the DB number for suspect is 76115, 76115. I don't think we mentioned that, but uh, uh, there it is. Oh, bless you, Alan. You always come up with these, yeah. and I'm going to download them right away. Thank you. Well, this is Joshua, and everyone, I just want to thank everyone uh, uh, for... Um, uh, I want to thank uh, Jenny and Randy, especially for letting for letting me uh, me uh, kind of lead this discussion along with uh, with Bonnie's help. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for letting me uh, do that tonight for this book. And uh, I'm glad people uh, I'm glad people kind of enjoyed this book tonight. Thank you, Josh and Bonnie. It was great as always. Thanks everybody else for coming and for your input. It was a great discussion. Let me. Well, I love doing it. Um, I am thinking about starting um, a book club, possibly on the phone, for um, my specialty, and the thing I probably most love is um, teenage fiction. And so if anyone is interested in that, uh, let me know if you would be. Um, It's something I'm planning to do. Um, It's... uh, I've read an awful lot of teenage fiction. I just love it. Um, And that's my specialty. And I don't mean shallow teenage fiction. I think there's a lot of teenage fiction with an awful lot of depth in it. Um, And we can go anywhere with that. It's something I'm planning to do. just haven't decided yet how I'm going to do it. Um, But I do want to eventually do that. So anyway... Um, if it is of something, if it is something that would be of interest to you, let me know. And I certainly, I thank you for the opportunity to do this tonight. I always love talking about books and doing anything with books, um, and always will. Um, that's my mission in life, and always will be. And I'm glad that it 